Welcome to the GSI Marketing Podcast with your hosts, Redbeard and Evan, where we give you the digital marketing insights you need to make people think you're the smartest person in the room. All right, welcome to the GS on Marketing Podcast. And before we get started, if you could do us a favor and hop on iTunes, leave us a five-star review or a four if you think we need to work on a few things or whatever you think is actually fair, we'd love that. We'll give you a little bit of time right now to go in there and do it. Yeah, maybe uh, give us a little comment Yeah, comment. or a shout-out on Twitter. Yeah, you can do that. Let us know what you think. I'm at Eben Basinger, so that's just my first and last name. Uh, no real creativity there if you want to find me on Twitter. And I'm at, at Wrestling Andy, which is also my first and last name. Wrestling, yeah. He doesn't go by <laughs> wrestling that often, but when he does, you know, you, you know it's serious. <laughs> my so, mom's always like, Wrestling, get in here. Get <laughs> wrestling Andy. <laughs> Well, no, you use that, though, because you are, and I don't know if any of our podcast listeners know this, you're a professional wrestler. Professional. Yes. 18 years in the making. 18 years of professional wrestling. And you've been recognized a few times when I've been with you, and and not just people that are curious about it, but people that are actually sitting there and go, wow, that's the guy I just saw wrestle last weekend. And they come up and approach you and want your selfies with you. Yeah. How does that feel? Is that, is that a good feeling? Sometimes it's weird. Sometimes it's cool. Like, hey, you're that guy. And sometimes it's just like, you know, um, fans and stuff. But sometimes you get the the uh, the weird fans. So tell me about the weirdest experience you've had oh. with a fan that recognized you outside yeah. of the wrestling arena. Well, one day, because, like, I forget sometimes, you know, that people actually watch. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and follow. But a lot of times they'll be like, oh, hey, I saw you on Facebook or I saw you, you know, wrestle or whatever, um, which is usually cool. Uh, like we'll have some uh, good conversation about that and then I'm out, right? Yeah. But sometimes, you know, I'll be out shopping for groceries, you know, maybe maybe I'm at the, the local Walmart. Oh, you want some local Walmart grocery shopping? And I'll, I'll hear my name. <laughs> I'll hear my name being said. Yeah. I'll hear like, hey, Andy, and I'll turn around and it's just awkward silence and smiling uncomfortably. And I'm like, uh, wrestling? And they're like, uh-huh. What would you do if you said <laughs> wrestling? And they go, no. No. <laughs> I don't know then. I'm not sure. We'd probably see how fast you could run. But, yeah, I think they're, you know, and, and I've been that way too where you, like, meet somebody that uh, you see somebody that you that you watched on TV or something. You run into them in real life, and then you get like, oh, I can't say anything now. I'm nervous. Oh, you, you get know? nervous? You get that, yeah. you know, because they're celebrity in your mind? Yeah. So maybe it's some of that, but I think it's weird because it's me. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, I'm very approachable. Yeah, don't let the beard fool you. A lot of people approach me anyways, just with general conversation. Yeah. So. Well, that's good. You've got that approachable yeah. face. Yeah. But you hide it behind an intimidating beard. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you mentioned that Facebook was one thing you didn't really think about as much when somebody saw you because they would see you on Facebook. I know that the wrestling, uh, is it a league? Is that what it's called? A wrestling league? Yeah, like uh, a promotion. Okay. 
So the wrestling promotion that you're running for, you know, the the place that you wrestle at, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so well, that's the thing. Like, so you run, like, we run ads and stuff, or we have, like, um, promo videos that we run throughout the week, you mm-hmm. know? Sometimes I'm in them, sometimes I'm not. But that's the thing. You you run those and uh, locally or throughout the state or you know wherever you target them. Yeah. And then you like you kind of forget people actually see them. <laughs> right. And 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 that's a great point. And I think that we should. I mean, let's talk about the Facebook advertising then and, and give some steps. Right. So you know if, when you're starting there and and you're creating that ad, whether it's for wrestling promotion or a B two B you know marketing automation type platform, then you know you always want to. The first step is always trying to figure out what type of campaign you want to run. So in your case, when you're just trying to generate awareness, it's really critical to make sure that you're choosing, you know, awareness or, you know, for was it brand awareness, right? And because in engagement, right? Yeah. So like, um, you know, a lot of the ads we run too for that are um, like brand awareness, but like sometimes you want to target like, uh, the fans that are coming every week, right? right. Or mm-hmm. the uh, the fans that are you know fans of your page. But then you also want to do some uh, ads to to people that don't follow you at all, right? right. And like gain new fans. Yeah, definitely. I, I think the you know what I what I was uh, inferring was that it's important to make sure that you're choosing the right type of campaign because otherwise you end up spending a lot more than you should have just to generate that awareness. So one thing that I've, you know, I've taken over some Facebook advertising accounts and and I've seen this as, as a mistake, at least when you're taking a look at how much they're spending is that they'll choose something like conversion for the type of campaign that they're focusing on. So you choose the conversion, but then you're not really resulting in sales, you know, whether the call to action isn't something that's, you know, focused on conversion or it's just not converting very well. That happens quite a bit, but they keep the ad type as a, you know, conversion campaign. And what happens then is that Facebook's algorithm, when it's talking about serving up your ads itself, you end up spending a lot more on your CPM than you would if you would have just chosen you know awareness from the beginning because then it's going to just try to get as many people that fit that as opposed to the people that are most likely to convert. So it's a great way to cut costs on on your actual CPM rates for what you're looking at. Yeah, the brand awareness ones are nice, and um, you know you can even target down to like um, you know like you just want uh, you know video views, but like three second or mm-hmm. ten second video views. You kind of really have a it's, it's kind of fun to play around with the balance of, of the both. Yeah. And, you know, one thing also is when you're looking at Facebook and Facebook advertising, a lot of it is just trying to generate people that are going to see the ad. So I've had a lot of success. And have you tried this with your wrestling where you're scrolling through? It's a, in the video starts about five frames in, you know, a few frames into the video. And then you have some sort of flash, you know, something that's going to grab the attention. Um. Haven't too much, only because, um, you know, we've been uh, mostly promoting, like, promo videos. But when we run, like, a actual, sometimes we'll actually run, like, a commercial spot. Yeah. So then it's nice to have, like, that, you know, more action jump out. Right. Well, and the reason that I like to do that and what I found is it works because what you're trying to do is get people's attention 
as they're scrolling. You know, you want to get that thumb to stop because otherwise people, they're going to keep scrolling, going through it. Your video might start, but then they keep scrolling, so they never actually see it. And if you have some sort of flash in there for, and I don't mean, you know, it has to be too flashy, right? It's just something that's going to grab that attention, something different that jumps out. Then you'll have more people actually stop and look at that video more. Yeah, for sure. And that's something I think that there's not a lot uh, I don't see a lot of people focusing too much on the creative, and I think that that's a mistake because, especially now with Facebook removing so many targeting options, and I think that's going to continue. I think Facebook's going to continue to remove targeting options that you have, and I think that with that, you know, it's it's important to know everybody can target basically the same people that you can when you're running a Facebook ad. The difference is in the creative and understanding what works and what doesn't, whether you're using DCO type method, you know, to, to figure that out, or, you know, you have your own process of looking at your creative. It's, it's the image that's used. It's a video versus an image. It's the type of ad. It's the, you know, the copy that's used is, is incredibly critical in that too. Yeah. And that's uh, similar to like when, um, you know, when like people post like photos and stuff too, like playing around with different filters, you know, just because yeah. that, that just slight change. Yeah, and the photo would jump out in your timeline. Exactly. Yeah. So I, you know, making sure that you're testing, you know, that type of ads and or different types of ads and different types of creative, I think is going to be really important because, like you said, you know, it's the creative is always that forgotten element. I think, and they continuously test it. Also, like you don't just find one that works and keep running yeah. it. Yeah. Because eventually, that's going to stop working. You're yeah. going to have to keep switching it up. And what's nice too with the Facebook platform is when you're starting to create those campaigns. And things like sometimes they'll like throw out features like hey this is new you know this is a new feature yeah and like i'll always just try it yeah, just, just to, to see, see if something happens and i've been doing a lot of that with um like on instagram too there's like looks like there's a lot of big push on facebook to also mm-hmm. get on instagram so. yeah and i think uh you know if you look at who you're targeting also it's important to understand the different channels different types of copy that that's going to work also format just because yep. you can create it in Facebook and say, yeah, push it over to Instagram, that doesn't mean that's going to be the best thing to do because it's different type of format. You know, you have that vertical versus. Yeah. And and then your video, even like, um, um, you know, if your video is longer than 60 seconds. Yeah. It's not it won't be eligible for Instagram mm-hmm. or in just taking up that landscape, you know. Yeah, definitely. And talking about the ads and the conversions One thing that I've noticed is, and this is true in any type of digital marketing, since we have so many metrics, we think that those are going to be the only thing you care about. You only optimize for those metrics. And there's less focus on the actual brand building aspect of it. And I think you getting recognized in wrestling is a great example of that because you're building the brand, you're promoting it. You know, a lot of times Facebook advertising, it's kind of like modern TV commercials. You're getting in front of the audiences that you want to. And just because somebody didn't click on it, you don't have any sort of measurable click from the ad to the website, it doesn't mean those ads aren't effective. It's just more difficult to track it. So one thing that I've been paying close attention to is monitoring the the brand search and the overall traffic to the website as well. So if people are going in and searching for your brand more because you're running Facebook ads, that shows that they're working. And a lot of times people are working, they're just scrolling through, but they recognize that you have, you know, a product or whatever your ad is, you know, might be relevant to them. 
they may not click on that information, but what they will do then is Google you later. And I think that's always something that you should have, you know, in the back of your mind when you're running these campaigns. It's, it's not always, you know, the attribution of the last click model. A lot of times it's the attribution of the entire holistic approach to improving, you know, sales yeah. and website visits. Yeah, and what's nice on some of the, like, when you're running, like, the video ads, like, you can have that option to add, like, in there, like, uh, learn more kind of thing. Yeah. And it will actually display your URL at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to include those, too. Um, because, like you said, like, a lot of the traffic comes in afterwards. Right. Um, onto the website or, you know, a lot of people, they might not be um, people that are coming to watch the show live. Right. Right. In, in Woodstock. Right. <laughs> but they're watching it. Um, online, right. so like they're gonna go on on the website to sign up and watch later, or they're gonna watch on YouTube or wherever mm-hmm. they want to watch. Well, and people are gonna do it the way that they want to, so it's not yep. you forcing them. Like, oh, I have my learn more button on this this ad that I'm running. They've got to click that. No, they don't have to. They can see that that's there and think to themselves, oh. I'm going to try to look into that someday. And then maybe it's a few days later, all of a sudden, it randomly pops in their head when they're seeing a wrestling commercial go on TV that they say, oh, that's right, there's that place in Woodstock. I'm going to check that out. I don't remember what that was called. Let me just Google what that is. So that all should be attributed to the ad. You wouldn't be able to. It would be difficult to attribute that. What's nice, too, and what I've found really beneficial is when you start looking at your Google Analytics Mm -hmm. um, to see where people are actually coming from. And then try running Facebook campaigns in those states. Yeah. So that's been actually helpful, too. Yeah, it's about using all the different data that you have and putting it together and making sure that you've got a holistic approach to all the different types of advertising that you're doing. And when you're doing that, right, you've got all those different audiences. One thing that, you know, everybody should realize is that, you know, a lot of times you're going to have multiple people on multiple different types of audiences. So if you use that, have you used that Facebook overlap tool much? I haven't used it too much. It's a really powerful tool. So since Facebook doesn't dedupe, meaning if you actually fit the criteria for a few of their audience sets that they have or you know the campaign that you're creating, it's going to show you the ad in the separate audiences. That means you're going to have you know too high a frequency. So it's important as you're building out your different audiences to pull them together and see what's the overlap on here because you don't want to just keep hitting the same you know, 10,000, whatever, 100,000 people over and over, you want to make sure that you've got different people. And if you have too much of an overlap on your audiences, that probably means they're pretty much the same audience. So there isn't really necessary to have them be separate because you're just going to have, like I said before, too high a frequency. When your ads have too high a frequency, people start to just tune you out at some point. For sure. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, one tactic that you've always mentioned that I've liked is the one where you talk about how you run those ads first to the audience that's engaged. Oh, get that right. boost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I always do that. Like, I always, um, you know, will boost that that video to, um, you know, I'll get uh, to fans of the page and mm-hmm. their friends, right? I'll include that in there. Yeah. Um, only because then that starts a lot of conversation. Like, people will be tagging their friends in, like, hey, we should go check that out. Or I remember you talking about that. We should go, you know. Like, conversation gets started. A lot of likes and comments mm-hmm. and stuff get built up. Then I'll run that as an ad right. after that's finished. And what's what's great about doing it that way is because anytime you have an ad that already has high engagement, it's going to give you more 
you know, social proof in people when they're looking at it. They're going to all of a sudden call more attention when they see that it has 10,000 likes, you know, a million views, 100,000 views, whatever kind of metric makes sense for, for where you're at. The more that you have, the more people are going to pay attention to that. And one way that you can do that, too, is by making sure that you have the post ID on there. So when you're combining and creating different ads, it all goes back to that single post that you have. That's a good way that you could put those all together. So that way you're not just losing it as you run different ad variances. That way you can try to keep all of those engagement metrics still together. Yeah, when you do that... um when you do that, um, you know, video ads campaign, mm. then right there it'll say, do you want to select uh, an existing post? Right. So it's really easy. And then you can even uh, change some of the verbiage and stuff at that point too. Yeah. So make sure you keep doing that even if you run multiple different ads because the more likes and engagement that you can get to those ads that you're running before, it's just that's that snowball approach. What else? What's another big Facebook ad tip that you've been rolling with lately that you've been seeing some success with? Ooh, well, um, you know, I've actually been um, kind of trying to play around more with uh, kind of along the Instagram lines, but mm-hmm. also just strictly like mobile video campaigns. Yeah. Um, just kind of really segmenting it out to just, you know, I want to just target people on their phones. Yeah. So, and I've uh, started to see some pretty good results with that too. So, do you create different types of ads that you know are going to work better for phones? Yeah. So the the uh, the video might be in a different format. Mm-hmm. You might go with that longer format. Yeah. Um, um, things like that. But definitely, uh, it might be a little quicker video too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not as long. I I played around with different longer video formats and shorter. So. Have you done much with the Facebook lead generation aspect where you don't have to take them to a landing page where it's going to ask them? You could actually have that form pop up within that Facebook ad. Mm-hmm. and it come. I haven't had to do too much with that. See, I've done a decent amount of those, and it's been pretty successful when you look at the numbers just because the friction is so much lower. Anytime you're looking at conversion rates, one of the key elements is always going to be, you know, how can I lower the friction? Because by lowering that friction, it's going to ultimately produce you know, more leads going to have a higher conversion rate. So when you're running these ads, you know, Facebook has this great form uh, builder that it's just going to automatically show once they click on it, and it's going to come pre-populated with the information that you they have registered with Facebook. So their email, first name, last name, whatever kind of information you need, and you can build out the custom questions too. So you can ask different things that maybe they don't have, but then of course they're going to have to actually fill that out when they're in there. So it cuts down a little bit on that that impulse click and it works pretty well for i mean we've done it for b2b done it for b2c as well the problem with b2b is it's usually their personal email address that's going to automatically populate in there so you don't get a lot of times that good of leads but if you have them come in at least you have something that you can reach out with have some sort of automated process you can do quite a bit with that in terms of you know taking advantage of your marketing automation solution but anytime you're trying to generate generate leads that way it's a lot easier than a landing page i think a landing page is still going to be really important depending on you know the type of ad that you're running and what the offer is but it's always something to test around with and see you know does the increase in leads does that outweigh 
the the lower quality that might come from those leads, kind of see where those line up. Yeah, sure. Another one that, you know, another ad trick that I've had some good success with is by going real high on those bids for a little while, basically telling Facebook, you know, I'll pay whatever you want me to pay for those ads. And it's kind of risky a little bit, depending on what your budget actually is. But you don't ever really pay. I'm talking about going really high on those ads. You don't ever really pay that high. But telling Facebook, you know, setting that signal that you're willing to do it, a lot of times will give you that premium spot. And another thing is that uh, I've seen that not work <laughs> quite a bit too. <laughs> and all these things. I've seen I've seen a lot of things. And you, you have too, I know, where just because it works one time doesn't mean it's going to continue to work. Yeah. And like, I mean, already, I mean, just by looking at, uh, you know, video view campaigns, like yeah. reach, as far as like reach, um, I'm already kind of seeing that kind of whittled back. So how far off, and this will, we'll put this on record here, how far off do you think we are before Facebook starts to be less less appealing? Because right now it's it, it's it's really inexpensive for how many people you can target and how how cheaply you can get their ads. It's not like running a commercial yeah. in terms of cost. Yeah, right, right. Um, so how far off until this evens out where it's more in line with the value that it actually brings? I don't know. I, I, Keeping in mind, I think that they're going to continue to remove targeting options. Hmm. So as it gets less specific with who you can go after, I think that's going to help drive the costs up because you're going to have to do more of a, a mass media approach at some point. Yeah. This is all theory. This is all theory. We're just throwing it out there. Yeah, no, I don't know. Um I mean, it's definitely cheaper than uh, LinkedIn. <laughs> well, LinkedIn LinkedIn is expensive when you start comparing it to Facebook. But different, different audience. But LinkedIn knows the value. Yeah. Right? And Microsoft. And plus now you can actually run Bing ads with the LinkedIn information. Yeah. I don't know. I think uh, – um, I, I don't know. I think it will uh, stay at a steady pace for a while for sure. You think so? Yeah. I'm thinking within a few years – it's going to be a lot more expensive. Like we're going to have a podcast three years from now, and we're going to say, wow, remember when we used to get video views for four cents? Yeah, maybe, but even one cent. One cent, yeah. <laughs> yeah so actually, I've seen true, as low yeah. as one and two cents. Right, so, so. yeah, so I remember that. Like, oh, we used to get video views for a penny. Now we're going to be a few years, we're going to be like, now we're spending – 75 cents. Yeah, but I still feel like they're sending out, um, like, when you, if you don't, if you have a, a Facebook page or a Instagram account and you're not promoting anything, right? You just mm-hmm. post on there yeah. and just do your thing um, and you, you don't boost anything or whatever or don't run any ads. They'll like, they're still sending out like those, hey, spend, here's $50 to spend. Well, that's because they're try, trying to try get, a campaign. Yeah, they want to get everybody you know? on it and see the value for it. And plus, one of these big, because right now what's happening is you've got some major advertising agencies that are, you know, still pushing TV. And a lot of times for mass media and big brands, TV still makes a lot of sense, except that a lot of people aren't watching and those that are watching it, a lot of them are skipping through the commercials. And Facebook is one way that you can still get in front of a lot of people. Now, they might scroll past it just like somebody fast forwards it, but it's a little bit more engaged, I think, than, than, than TV, even though it's all passive advertising at this point. 
But I think once a lot of those budgets get changed so that it's less of a focus on TV and it's more of a focus on some of these different advertising channels, right, Facebook being one of them, I think that's going to in turn increase everybody's spend because you're going to have major players in there that have huge budgets. They're going to make it more difficult for, you know, the smaller players in there to compete, just like they did with TV and radio. Yeah, it is very cheap right now overall. Because there's only, only so many slots. There's only so yeah. many advertising slots. And even right now, Facebook seems to be running out of those slots pretty frequently. And that's why they keep driving up the costs. Yeah. I feel like um, if you see like uh, less reach and, um, you know, your ad spend going up a little bit, um, like per view and things like that, mm-hmm. I feel like it's mostly somebody else has a bigger campaign running in that area. Yeah. For sure. Or you just keep running the same thing over and over, and yeah. it's working less. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right. Anything else you want to add on Facebook? Advertise, um, Facebook advertising. We could go and have a topic yeah. about Facebook organic reach, but I think, I think at this point most people realize that Facebook organic reach is just not there anymore, and it's not going to come back. Yeah, it's all... Pay to play. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. You can still have that post that gets a lot of views and gets a lot of likes just naturally going, you know, I don't want to say viral, but naturally getting a lot of attention. But it's very unlikely to happen. You already have to have a pretty engaged audience for that to happen, too. It would be really difficult to cultivate one. Now, you could do it with your friends and family and employees and get them to like and share it all. But yeah, that's it's going to be go limited. So yeah, it's going to yeah. be limited to that. And I think yeah. I think a lot of most people now realize that you know it's, it, it, Facebook is a you know public company. They they need to make yeah. a profit. They make their profit from ads, and they don't make money off of you just sharing it to your network. Even if you have <laughs> you know quite a few likes on there. Yeah, I think other. I mean, otherwise, Facebook wise, I kind of want to look into the uh, chat box. Yeah, like, that's that's going to be a, exciting. Yeah, I think it already is actually. It is pretty exciting. Larry Kim has that that good one. Yeah, I've been uh, I've been interacting myself with a couple brands that use bots. Yeah, do you and, like uh, them? They're pretty helpful, um, especially when if you order something from them and they'll just like message you like updates yeah. on that. Yeah, that's nice. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's one thing that we didn't talk about that we probably should have is where that ad is showing in Facebook because it's not it doesn't have to just be in the news feed. And no. that's, that's why yeah. Facebook's rolling out a lot of these different types of ads is because it's so limited with just the news feed. You could have that actually show up in the Messenger app. There's a lot. I mean, that's and that's where if you look at yeah. the demographics. So Instagram skews younger. You know, under 35 is going to be predominant Instagram. Facebook skews a little older, but the Messenger app, it really has everything in between. I mean, that, that there's a lot of people that don't use Facebook but still use the Facebook Messenger app. Yeah, slide that ad into their DMs. Yeah, just slide in ads into DMs. Boom. That, that should be a nice topic of a blog post. Right. How to slide <laughs> your ad into their DMs. I'm seeing that a lot more now. I'm seeing you it have a lot more people sliding into your DMs. I've seen the ads. Yeah, for sure. Well, and they should because I think that's a great way to get in front of people, yeah. especially when you have, you know, sort of a conversational tone anyways with your ad. Yep. And I think that that, that could work out quite a bit. It's at least worth testing. Nice. All right. Well, that's all I've got. You got anything else? That's it for today. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Make sure to leave a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Bye-bye.